Well, hello, viewers and listeners to CHP Talks. It's uh, another great day to talk to another great person. We have with us today uh, Derek Sloan, and I'm going to give a short introduction, but uh, Derek, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here. Thank you, Rod. Yeah. So for, I think probably everybody watching this program knows who Derek Sloan is, but just in case there's anybody who doesn't, uh, Derek uh, lives in Ontario. He is a husband, a father of three, his, his wife, uh, Jennifer, uh, and he have three children. Uh, he is a freedom fighter. We know that. Um, and in uh, December 2021, he became the leader of the Ontario Party, which was established in 2018. So uh, he is a former MP for the federal riding of Hastings, Lennox, and Addington. And he will be a candidate in uh, in the next upcoming Ontario election, which is right behind, right around the corner, uh, for the same riding by the same name provincially, uh, Hastings, Lennox, and Addington. He's a former leadership uh, contestant for the Conservative Party of Canada in a previous uh, leadership uh, contest. And um, anyway, he, he gained some notoriety for standing up for what he believes uh, against the wishes, I guess, or uh, outside of the uh, blessing of uh, former conservative leader Aaron O'Toole. And that got him uh, booted out of the party. And so Anyway, we've had some discussions in the past. I really appreciate Derek, uh, man of principle and integrity, and many people across this country uh, know him in that way. And so it's a real privilege, uh, Derek. Uh, thanks for the time, taking the time to uh, be with us today, and I look forward to hearing what you have to say about the uh, Ontario election coming up and your role as leader of the Ontario Party. Yeah, great. Thank you, Rod. Glad to glad to be here. Yeah. So. You paid the price, uh, both, I think, in the, uh, well, as, as a conservative MP, uh, you didn't uh, hold back. You spoke what you believed was true, and there were things about the uh, COVID uh, crisis, so-called uh, pandemic. You made some comments uh, questioning the direction of the federal government. And, and particularly Teresa Tam, where her loyalties led. And I'm not sure what all were the, uh, <laughs> if that was the, the final uh, final straw for Mr. O'Toole, but you, you paid the price for speaking up and, and telling the truth. And our country would be a lot better off if there were more MPs and MLAs and MPPs willing to uh, say what they believe and speak up uh, for their constituents instead of just kowtowing to uh, party leadership. Yes, no, there is a crisis of courage and a crisis of leadership in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and now, uh, so um, I was going to say last summer, uh, we met, uh, not for the first time, but we met on Canada Day in Ottawa. And uh, Maxime Bernier and, and Randy Hillier and others were there. Uh, since that time, there's, we've had a series of uh, mismanagement disasters in our country. Uh, we've had the great uh, truckers freedom convoy and then the terrible use of the emergency emergencies act, the war measures act basically on peaceful uh, Canadians. Randy Hillier has been arrested. Uh, Arthur Palowski, our friend in Alberta uh, pastor has been in jail in solitary for 51 days. So 
where, where, how are we going to get a handle on this, Derek? I mean, I'm talking to you a little bit about federal politics right now, but it, it overlaps into uh, provincial tyrannies as well. Yeah, I mean, it, you raise a good point there. My view is that we need to make sure that we're fighting at all levels. And if we can, if we win at any level, uh, that will be a major victory. So if we, if we win at a provincial level, that's amazing. Obviously, if we win at the federal level, that's amazing. But we need to make sure that we're fighting uh, where the battle lines are drawn. And for me, uh, the next election in Canada is in Ontario, just in uh, not even two months from now. And so I had the opportunity to be involved there. And so I'm, uh, I'm going to be fighting there and uh, hoping to change the tide. Yeah, very good. Uh, and there are a number of issues there. I'm sure uh, maybe I'll ask you to give a, a short laundry list of the the most pressing issues you see in Ontario. Uh, but um, there are other parties involved. I mean, uh, I think anyone who has their eyes open can see that the uh, progressive conservatives in Ontario have, under uh, Doug Ford, have gone far astray. Uh, there's probably a lot of good people in that in that party, but uh, the leadership has been atrocious. And uh, I know you're going to be dealing with that. How about other parties? I don't know how many other parties there are in Ontario, but there are several uh, other relatively new parties uh, contending. Where, where does the Ontario party fit in in the spectrum, I guess? Yeah, so the the Ontario Party would be a center right party. They're a freedom oriented party. They're in favor of you know grassroots participation from uh, party members and also you know regular Ontario citizens. We uh, we've been around since 2018, so we're actually a more uh, senior member than than some other parties that have that have popped up recently. We had uh, five different people run in the 2018 election. So we have a bit of a history. And the Ontario Party has been fighting against many things, but particularly the uh, Kathleen Wynne, Doug Ford sex ed curriculum. Um, and they were fighting against that from the, from the beginning. So we do have a pedigree of standing up for freedom. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, there is, of course... Uh, the other party, uh, there's another uh, party, New Blue Party, that uh, has been formed, and I can, I can address that uh, perhaps later. But uh, uh, with respect to the other mainstream parties, there's really no choice. I mean, the the uh, progressive conservatives are um, basically, uh, you know, very similar to the Liberal Party. They're not, you know, they maintain Kathleen Wynne's sex ed curriculum. They impose some of the most uh, draconian COVID measures in the world uh, with respect to, you know, duration of lockdowns, uh, vaccine passports, uh, things of this nature, you know, closing schools for an extended period of time. So this is um, this is the legacy that the supposedly conservative government has left Ontario. And we need to we need to have other options. Um in relation to some people may say, well, you know, Derek, there's the new blue party. And then, there, you know, why, why would you be involved with the Ontario party? Well, the fact is, is that on the ground here in Ontario, uh, many people were not satisfied with the leadership of that other party. And for anyone who's been paying attention, you know, the last little bit, uh, their strategy is to basically attack anybody that doesn't 
support them. And they have a track record of not being able to work well with others. And this track record was evident already uh, back when I was asked to lead the Ontario party. And it's intensified since that, since then. We've seen, um, you know, very reckless slandering of Randy Hillier. Uh, there was a, a long, um, you know, many comments put out by this other party claiming that Randy Hillier is a fraud, you know, basically a fake and a fraud, controlled opposition were the exact words that were used, you know, that he has a secret deal with Doug Ford and that, you know, basically the, the gist of it is that, you know, he's a fraud, that he's a fake. Uh, you know, as you noted, Randy Hillier was recently arrested uh, mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, it should be clear to everybody that, that, you know, whatever, if he did have a deal with Doug Ford, it's certainly not helping him very much because, um, you know, he's, he's, he's been arrested. He's been charged with multiple things. I know Randy Hillier personally. I've, you know, stared him in the eye and I've been side by side with him at many freedom rallies here in Ontario. Um, I have seven court summons, I believe, uh, that are being uh, litigated right now for breaking you know, rules and, and with respect to gatherings. Randy has many more times uh, uh, summons than I do, and I've seen them pinned to his wall. So the idea that you know, this guy, you know, to, to take a swing at a guy like this, there's nobody who has more bona fides in the Ontario anti-lockdown movement than uh, Randy Hillier. He was a you know founding member of the End the Lockdowns Caucus. He um, you know has founded other End the Lockdowns movements, and you know we all. Um, um, I don't agree with 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 everything that Randy's done from a tactical point of view, but uh, that doesn't mean that I can't recognize his his bona fides and his heart for this movement. So, you know, I took offense when that happened in the fall. And the the level of abuse, uh, uh, you know, has has escalated uh, to attack other freedom fighters, including myself. Um, so the, the all of that is is merely to say that it's really a question of leadership. It's a question of, um, you know, in my view, the the new blue party is uh, basically a vehicle for the leaders to pursue personal vendettas. Uh, to, you know, have something to control. But politics isn't about control. It's not about appointing yourself as leader of a party. It's about working together with other people. And that's our goal. Uh, we've, we've attempted to work together with as many people as we can. And, um, you know, I believe Ontarians will, will see that and recognize that. But I just wanted to, you know, mention that because there's always questions and people are not necessarily aware of some of the things that are that are going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So that's um, that's been our experience. We've attempted to reach out to that party, and we have been uh, basically denied on numerous occasions. And so we've we've been led to believe that they basically want they're in it. You know, they want to do it by themselves. And if they want to do it by themselves, it's a free province. It's a free country, and they're they're able to do it. Yeah. Well, of course, we're very sorry to you know to uh, sort of you know, realize or, you know, that there are, are rifts between people who have much, much in common in terms of uh, concern for some of the main issues that Canadians are facing, the issues that have uh, brought our country down, uh, moral issues regarding life, uh, family and freedom, uh, which is, 
of course, uh, sort of the three pillars of, of uh, Christian Heritage Party uh, and yours are very similar, uh, faith, uh, family, and freedom. Um, but anyway, we uh, so thanks for, for sharing that. I, I did have Jim on the show uh, some time ago, and, and obviously, uh, I mean, we, we as, as people who, who want to see the country pulled back from the brink of the cancel culture and and tyranny, uh, it's it's sad when we're not all uh, pushing on the same side of the door. But anyway, um, we hope that will uh, sort out in a positive way, and uh, maybe some lines of communication will open up in the future. Um, but we'll have to leave that up to uh, you smart people in Ontario <laughs> to figure that out. So, and I guess the voters will will make some decisions in June. Uh, I think you said June 2nd is going to be uh, voting day. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So what what would you say are the main uh, issues uh, like that you will be bringing up to voters, uh, things that either are, you know, things the province is doing that they shouldn't be doing or things that they should be doing that they're not doing yet? Uh, where are you going to put your, your emphasis? Well, we do have a significant part of our platform that's focused on the response to COVID nineteen. Yeah, and so we're uh, we have a you know a great policy to basically um, not only do a significant um, inquiry into the handling of COVID nineteen, but to prevent lockdowns from happening again, to uh, eliminate any remaining vaccine mandates, either publicly or privately, and to uh, you know, really look at what is, you know, the decisions that have been made and why they were made. We need to reform our College of Physicians and Surgeons and our other professional colleges that have been cracking down on practitioners for, you know, airing opinions that, that you know, go against the prevailing narrative. There's a lot of things to do on that front. Uh, but we also have some great education policies and some great, uh, you know, uh, conscience policies to protect people who, you know, have an opinion or who don't want to be involved in certain things. So we really, uh, we really will be focusing on all of the areas that impact provincial life, including healthcare, including housing. Um, there's concern in our province and also yours about uh, you know property prices just accelerating and going through the roof. Oh, yeah. And you know, and we're going to be we we have a, a plan to deal with all of those things. Yeah. Very very good. Um, you're, I haven't uh, read your education platform closely. Uh, what what are some of the things that you would change in the education system? Yeah, so from a K to twelve perspective, we're looking at opening up, uh, you know, competition as it were in the education system. So we want to provide um, uh, basically funding uh, to parents to use according to their wishes for their children. Yeah. Um, in Ontario, roughly $12,500 is spent per child in, in the public education system. So we want to give perhaps a third or two third of that directly to parents. And they can use that if they decide to homeschool, if they decide to send their child to a charter school, which will also be an option for Ontarians, if they want to send them to a Christian school or some other type of private school, um, all of those options will be available to them. We really do need to get away from, uh, you know, the the uh, monopoly that the public education system has, because they're um, 
they're 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 taking it it for granted and they're using it uh, against you know children and parents they feel that they can do whatever they want um it's almost impossible to fire a lousy teacher uh and you know of course there's a lot of good teachers but uh you know there's there's a lot of entitlement there it's very challenging for new teachers to get into the field and we feel that by opening things up uh we can really shake up the system and get better outcomes uh, for our children you know, where we focus on real skills and not ideological, um, you know, brainwashing that's occurring. Yeah, very good. Uh, we're similar in, in British Columbia. We do have uh, a, a wing of the Kushner's party here in BC, uh, have just become its interim leader again, a position I was in before. But yeah, we believe in that exactly the same thing. We call it a voucher system but choice in education, that the dollars that uh, are currently designated for every child in the public school system, uh, if the parents and their children can make decisions, say, well, we'd rather we'd rather uh, take this different approach or go to a different school, why shouldn't those dollars follow them? Why shouldn't they be able to apply their, um, their you know, state-funded uh, uh, education dollars where they think it'll do the most good. And I think that that would improve the whole education system, including the public schools. If if they didn't have a monopoly on uh, on the children, I think, you know, the public education system would probably get better as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in terms of, I know there have been moves uh, recently. Of course, we've had uh, sporadic places where, um, you know, protesting against abortion has been restricted, and and you mentioned conscience uh, legislation. What what is Ontario's current? Is there a, a bubble zone uh, a restriction on all abortion facilities in Ontario, or is it uh, certain ones? Do you know? Yeah, so there is a bubble zone law in Ontario, um, and we uh, would repeal that uh, as as the Ontario Party government. Of course, uh, conscience rights extends beyond, uh, you know, bubble zone laws as well. It extends into the medical profession and it extends beyond that, where we've seen people, you know, get fired for expressing their views on, um, you know, things like COVID-19. So we do, we, we want to expand the human rights leg legislation to include protection uh, for, for creed, meaning, you know, a strongly held personal belief that may or may not be uh, tied to a specific religion, because what we're seeing in, um, you know, in um, lately with the vaccine mandates is we're seeing people who literally are willing to lose their job rather than take the vaccine. They, they feel that strongly about it, but because it's not technically tied to a religious belief, um, it's not protected. And so that's a problem. I mean, people are... <laughs> It's hard to, you know, it, it's hard to think of a, a belief that would be more strongly held than one where you would put your, you know, very livelihood at risk. Yeah. So these are, you know, these are beliefs that need to be protected as much as, you know, strictly religious beliefs. And we want to make sure that we can do that. Yeah. And of course, uh, doctors, nurses, other, other medical <clears throat> practitioners have lost their jobs, like you mentioned before, uh, for speaking up, for expressing a, a professional opinion that's different than the official narrative. And uh, it's it's absolutely horrible. I never thought a few years ago that we would be where we are at today. Uh, Manitoba has conscience uh, legislation in place for doctors, I think specifically having to do with uh, medical assistance and dying. 
uh, but um, uh, Kelly Block has has brought forward uh, a similar bill uh, federally. But again, it's very specific. It's great. I'm glad she's doing it. We certainly support it. But it's uh, quite specific to uh, medical assistance in dying. And I think I agree with you. We need broader uh, even than that, I, I mean, I hope this passes. It's, it'll be a step in the right direction, but we need protection uh, for all kinds of uh, conscience decisions. Yeah, no, we absolutely do. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a major, major issue with that right now. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, where where is your next stop? Are you uh, are you out uh, around the province uh, these days? Are you you're signing up candidates? I don't know how, how that process is going. Uh, where are you at with that? Yeah, so it's going really well. We just finished a, a training weekend uh, just a couple of days ago, and uh, we um, we've onboarded uh, many dozens of candidates. And we're continuing daily to, uh, you know, interview and bring on more. Um, we'll be, uh, I'll be doing all kinds of touring. I'm going to be uh, in Owen Sound in a couple of days. And then in uh, Woodville, which is uh, in the Kawartha Lakes region, um, just this, just in a couple of days here. So there's, and we, we have um, a meet and greet tomorrow night in my own riding in Napanee. So we do have a lot of uh, events uh, on the go. And uh, of course, we'll be uh, traveling to uh, many parts of Ontario very shortly. Yeah. How are you finding the, uh, is media carrying your message? Uh, like often <clears throat> media tends to focus on what they call the big, the big parties, uh, you know, the major players or whatever. But uh, for small parties, sometimes it's difficult to uh, find those channels. But how is media covering your, your campaign? So we haven't um, we haven't received much media coverage from you know kind of mainstream media. We 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 um, we do get covered uh, you know in the Western Standard and and other places like that. Right. Um, I suspect at some point in the election there there may be some things, but the mainstream media will not uh, is certainly not the friend of any alternative party, and um, you know unless there's some you know big splash or so, or something like that we we may not get much coverage but um whatever coverage we do get we'll take that and of course we're using social media and, and other ways to reach out to people so we're not that worried about it sure well very good i mean we have we always have to carry on in spite of <laughs> our detractors or uh especially the ones who just plain ignore us because uh you know that they, they don't know what they're missing <laughs> Uh, when right. uh, they right. ignore the real stories that are shifting the uh, future of our country and, and our provinces. So, Derek, uh, anything else? Uh, what, what would you like our people to know before we uh, close off this interview? Well, listen, I, I would say it's an honor and a privilege to be representing uh, Ontarians. Uh, I would also say that, you know, my my goal here in, in Canada at this time is to fight for the values that we share um, at whatever level I can. So I, I most recently was running at the federal level. And um, when I was unsuccessful on that bid, the opportunity came to fight at the, the regional level. And I was, I was asked by multiple uh, stakeholder groups to do that. They were just not satisfied with the prevailing uh, situation. And so I took that. And um, I'm, you know, willing to fight at all levels because, you know, winning at any level is going to be 
uh, a breakthrough event. If we had even one province that we could have looked to during COVID-19, for example, that would have been, uh, you know, they could have really played a role in, in, in pulling the country in a better direction. Sure. So I'm going to be fighting at any direction. And uh, I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to have the support of so many people in Ontario and in Canada. And I encourage people to follow uh, what we're doing. And if they have any questions about what we're up to, feel free to email. You can email me if you go to the ontarioparty.ca. We have a way to connect with me there. Uh, email us, ask your, ask your questions. But it certainly is a time for um, you know, freedom fighters to stand and be counted. And we're doing that as best as we can. Uh, according to the grace and help that God gives us. Well, very good. And uh, thanks again for taking the time uh, to meet with us today, our viewers and listeners. I know many of them are, are strong supporters of, uh, of you, not only what you're doing now, but <clears throat> they were inspired by uh, some of the actions you took last year. <clears throat> and basically, we stand uh, with you in... in uh, in a general sense, uh, for freedom, faith, family, and life. So uh, thanks, Derek. And uh, if people want to learn more about you, they can go to ontarioparty.ca. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks so much. again. You have a great day and a great campaign. You got it. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to CHP Talks. For more content you don't want to miss, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast, CHP Talks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To view our weekly episodes in a video format, you can find us on Brighteon at brighteon.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. On BitChute at bitshoot.com forward slash channel forward slash CHP Canada. Now, social media censorship and the cancel culture have restricted what we can discuss on YouTube. But most of our programs can still be found on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash CHP Canada. Thanks for joining us. Please share this information with others. After all, speaking the truth is an act of love. I'm Rod Taylor, National Leader of CHP Canada and your host of CHP Talks. See you next week.